God is a faith God who has chosen what the world deems as the foolishness of preaching to save the lost. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. God is a faith God who cannot be reached with the enticing words of man's wisdom, nor by carnal power or strength, nor wealth or beauty. The faith God and the blessings of his invisible kingdom can only be accessed by childlike faith. The believer must regress to a simple, childlike confidence in the word of God. God has chosen faith as the common denominator for all men, and building faith requires the foolishness of preaching. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The preaching of the cross is the business of the blood bought. John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you yet to believe on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been born again? To the world, what you are hearing today is foolishness. But to the redeemed, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Surrender your life to Christ today, and today will be your Holy Ghost birthday. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Genesis 5, verses 3 through 8, And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness after his image, and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were eight hundred years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. And Seth lived a hundred and five years, and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos eight hundred and seven years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were nine hundred and twelve years, and he died. Man said, according to William Provine, modern science directly implies that there is no ultimate meaning for humans. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said feature article 770 that will once again confirm the beautiful, perfect inerrancy of the Holy Bible. All of these features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the building up of the faith and as ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Be sure to take advantage of three very useful tools on God Said, Man Said. One, you have questions? God has answers. Whatever your question, type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from Adam and Eve to quantum physics. Two, use the tell a friend feature above to send a message to someone you love. It is so quick and easy. Three, imagine you can download nearly 255 hours of God Said, Man Said features to your electronic device. Listen to one every day. Thank you for visiting today. May the blessings of God shine upon you, your house, and all that you put your hands unto. In Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10, it's called the deceivableness of unrighteousness. 
Unrighteousness is the spirit and fruits of unbelief. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 3, For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Righteousness is the spirit and fruits of believing in the God of faith. In etymology, the study of words, they employ a foundational principle known as the law or rule of first occurrence. This principle says that the definition of a word is established in its first occurrence in the language. The first time the word righteousness is used in God's word is in Genesis 15, verse 6, and it refers to Abraham, the father of faith, and it says, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. The deceivableness of unrighteousness, the spirit and actions of unbelief, drives men to the absurd. The evolutionists recognize the absurdity of their position if, in fact, the earth is just over 6,000 years old. Therefore, central to their unbelief is the premise that given enough time and chance, anything is possible. Unfortunately for this camp, both time and chance are missing. In the God Said, Man Said feature, their imaginations became vain. You'll find these paragraphs concerning the deceivableness of unrighteousness. Pseudoscience says there is no God. One of their widely believed claims is that in the beginning there was nothing. This nothing then exploded, and from this explosion all life had its beginning. These absurdities are spoken as truth, and all the students to whom this is taught say, No kidding, is that how it is? Remember the meteorite from Mars with so-called tiny fossils? This was promoted by the media as proof of evolution, and everybody said, No kidding! Within months of the huge media fanfare, science disproved this notion. But did you see or read the retraction? Of course not. Evolutionists were forced to come up with a plausible theory on how seagoing mammals such as whales, dolphins, and porpoises evolved. Remember, mammals supposedly evolved from the sea, so how did these mammals end up back in the water? Some evolutionists suggest that an even-toed land mammal, like the water buffalo, is the likely candidate to have evolved into the present-day whale. They speculate that the water buffalo liked to hang around the water a lot, and over eons of time his hind legs simply fell off, and his front legs changed into flippers, and the science students said, uh, no kidding. The water buffalo's hairy hide simply changed into smooth, thick blubber, and his nostrils slid up to the top of his head to form a blowhole. Then his tail evolved into flukes, and because he was floating around in the water all the time, his body became enormous, and the student said, Isn't that interesting? Sound absurd? Do you think I'm exaggerating? The following excerpt is from Volume 50 of National Geographic, written by V.B. Sheffer. The whale's ascendancy to sovereign size apparently began 60 million years ago when hairy, four-legged mammals in search of food or sanctuary ventured into water. As eons passed, change slowly occurred. Hind legs disappeared. Front legs changed into flippers. Hair gave way to a thick, smooth blanket of blubber. Nostrils moved to the top of the head. The tail broadened into flukes. And in the buoyant water world, the body became enormous. End of quote. Scientists have long been flummoxed by their discovery of a mass extinction of nearly all life on Earth, and even more flummoxed by the apparent reality that life on Earth began instantly. 
In the quotes of various publications that follow, pay attention to the word zircon and the discussion of volcanic lava. Science News, September 19, 2015. Headline reads, Volcanism Convicted in Permian Die-Off. Excerpts follow. At the close of the Permian period, some 252 million years ago, more than 90% of all marine species and roughly 75% of all land species vanished. New, high-precision analysts of ancient lavas places this extinction just after the start of a massive volcanic eruptions in what is now Siberia, researchers report online August 28 in Science Advances. The finding clinches what paleontologists have long suspected. Volcanic gases prompted environmental changes that made the planet uninhabitable for most life. The ash holds zircon crystals, which naturally form with small amounts of uranium that gradually decays in the lead. Comparing the relative number of uranium and lead atoms in the zircons provided precise dates for the premium extinction, the researchers reported last year in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. The less explosive Siberian traps eruptions contain few zircons, but after scouring the remnants of the lava flows, the pair found and precisely dated 192 crystals and then compared them with the extinction timeline. The data pegged the volcanism to around 300,000 years before the extinction and suggested that the eruptions continued for at least 500,000 years afterward. The volcanism probably released huge amounts of carbon dioxide and other volatiles, causing extreme climate change and ocean acidification. We can now say that this largest preserved magmatic event in Earth's history preceded the onset of mass extinction, Burgess says, end of quote. In the magazine The Week, November 6, 2015, under the heading Life on Early Earth, you find the following paragraph. But by studying tiny crystals that form in magma, called zircons, geochemists at the University of California at Los Angeles found microscopic flecks of pure carbon with a signature indicating it had been left behind by living organisms 4.1 billion years ago. Life on Earth may have started almost instantaneously, says study co-author Mark Harrison. With the right ingredients, life seems to form very quickly. End of quote. In the features just quoted, carnal science speaks of mass extinctions some 252 million years ago and uses zircons to form, uh, that form in volcanic magma to claim dates to 4.1 billion years ago. The difference between the camp of the unrighteous, unbelief, and the righteous, believers, couldn't be more obvious than when you compare what you just read with what follows from highly accredited Christian scientists. From the God Said, Man Said feature in the beginning, part one. A research initiative called RATE, which stands for Radioisotopes in the Age of the Earth, was launched in 1997 jointly by the Institute for Creation Research, the Creation Research Society, and Answers in Genesis. RATE's team of highly accredited scientists has published another major blow to the camp of the evolutionists, these following excerpts are from an article published in the December 2003 issue of Impact, which carries vital articles on science and creation. The title of the article is, New Rate Data Support a Young Earth. The first excerpt reads, 
New experiments done this year for the rate project strongly support a young earth. This article updates results announced in an ICR Impact article last year and documented at a technical conference last summer. Our experiments measured how rapidly nuclear decay generated helium escapes from tiny radioactive crystals in granite-like rock. The new data extend into a critical range of temperatures, and they resoundingly confirm a a numerical prediction we published several years before the experiments. The helium loss rate is so high that almost all of it would have escaped during the alleged 1.5 billion year uniformitarian age of the rock, and there would be very little helium in the crystals today. But the crystals in granite rock presently contain a very large amount of helium, and the new experiments support an age of only 6,000 years. Thus, these data are powerful evidence against the long age of uniformitarianism and for a recent creation consistent with Scripture. After laborious research measuring helium loss in radioactive crystals called zircons, which are common in granite rock, and after reviewing all existing data on the helium subject, the rate team made this final conclusion. The zircons are young. The new data allow us to calculate more exactly how long the diffusion has been taking place. The result is 6,000 plus or minus 2,000 years, about 250,000 times smaller than the alleged 1.5 billion year uranium-led age. This and other exciting new developments and rate projects are confirming our basic hypothesis that God drastically speeded up decay rates of long half-life nuclei during the Genesis flood and other brief periods in Earth's short history. Such accelerated nuclear uh, decay collapses the uniformitarian ages down to the scriptural time scale of thousands of years, end of quote. From the God Said, Man Said feature, Young Keeps Pouring In. In an article in the June 2005 issue of Impact under the title Evidence for a Young World, physicist Dr. Russell Humphreys had this to say about zircons under the paragraph heading Too Much Helium in Minerals. Uranium and thorium generate helium atoms as they decay to lead. A study published in the Journal of Geophysical Research showed that such helium produced in zircon crystals in deep, hot Precambrian granite rock has not had time to escape. Though the rocks contain 1.5 billion years worth of nuclear decay products, newly measured rates of helium loss from zircon show that the helium has been leaking for only 6,000 plus or minus 2,000 years. This is not only evidence for the youth of the earth, but also for episodes of greatly accelerated decay rates of long half-life nuclei within thousands of years ago, compressing radioisotope timescales enormously. End of quote. From the God Said, Man Said feature, Noah Today. The information that follows concerns the Grand Canyon and is from the October-December 2008 quarterly publication Answers. The article was written by eminent geologist Dr. Andrew Snelling. Within this sandstone, we find grains of the mineral zircon, which is relatively easy to trace to its source because zircon usually contain radioactive uranium. By dating these zircon grains using the uranium-lead radioactive method, it has been postulated that the sand grains in the Navajo sandstone came from the Appalachians of Pennsylvania and New York and from former mountains farther north in Canada. If this is true, 
The sand grains were transported about 1,250 miles right across North America. This discovery poses somewhat of a dilemma for conventional uniformitarian, slow and gradual geologists, because no known sediment transport system is capable of carrying sand across the entire North American continent during the required millions of years. It must have been water over in an area even bigger than the continent. All they can do is postulate that some unknown transcontinental river system must have done the job. But even in the scientific belief system of Earth history, it is impossible for such a river to have persisted for millions of years. Yet the evidence is overwhelming that the water was flowing in one direction. More than half a million measurements have been collected from 15,615 North American localities, recording water current direction indicators throughout the geologic record. The evidence indicates that water moved sediments across the entire continent from the east and northeast to the west and southwest throughout the so-called Paleozoic. This general pattern continued on up into the Mesozoic when the Navajo sandstone was deposited. How could water be flowing across the North American continent consistently for hundreds of millions of years? Absolutely impossible. The only logical and viable explanation is the global cataclysmic Genesis flood. Only the water currents of a global ocean lasting a few months could have transported such huge volumes of sediments right across North American continent to deposit the thick strata sequences which blanket the continent, end of quote. The world's scientists who approached the facts and unbelief, the deceivableness of unrighteousness, propose in this research and boldly assert 4.1 billion years. Those Christian scientists who approach the facts in faith, righteousness, boldly assert a biblically correct age of 6,000 plus years. This is, of course, an excellent example of the 180 principle. But in whom should I place my faith, one asks. The Zircon discussion above is associated with volcanic lava. Genesis 7:11 concerning Noah's flood tells us that all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and then the windows of heaven were opened and down came the rain. Genesis 7 verse 11 in the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month the 17th day of the month the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. During this event, catastrophic global volcanic eruptions were in play, which, of course, the deceivableness of unrighteousness denies. Keep that in mind as you read the following paragraphs about Mount St. Helens, whose volcanic devastation began May 18, 1980, at 8.32 a.m. Dr. Andrew Snelling writes in the April-June 2015 issue of Answers magazine, in June 1992, a large sample was collected from the surface of one of the last lava flows, probably from the year 1986. Samples were sent to a laboratory in 1996 to be radiometrically dated using the potassium-argon method. This method measures the amount of argon atoms that presumably formed from the radioactive decay of potassium atoms in the lava after it cooled. The rock was a mere 10 years old but the potassium-argon clock dated the rock at 350,000 years old, and minerals within it dated up to 2.4 million years old. 
These results are consistent with many reports in the literature of numerous other lava samples from around the world that have similarly yielded highly erroneous potassium-argon ages. This unquestionably demonstrates that the radioactive dating methods are fraught with difficulties that render them unreliable. End of quote. Two different starting points, two different conclusions, two different eternities. God places before us life and death. Choose life and live. God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Genesis 5, 3 through 8, And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were eight hundred years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. And Seth lived an hundred and five years, and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos eight hundred and seven years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were nine hundred and twelve years, and he died. Man said, according to William Provine, Modern science directly implies that there is no ultimate meaning for humans. Now you have the record.